Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Welcome to Money MD. I am John Travis, and I'm here with my son, Matthew. How's it going? <laughs> Glad to have you here. This is the first time you and I have done this together. This is. It's the first time. Yeah, I think you've uh, filled in for me with Steve, and then uh, Ryan has also filled in um, for me with, uh, or for Steve with me. So this is uh, unique. Excited to have you here. Guys, for me, it's a dream come true. I mean, uh, I remember when you were a little kid, we used to think about what you were going to do as a profession, and um, certainly didn't want to force you into this, but uh, you know, I wanted you to choose, and you looked at the medical field, and, and also this as well, and... Um, mm. It's uh, it's worked out well. It has, and you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, working with your dad, how is it? And they tend to always ask me in front of you, so I always have to <laughs> kind of preface that a little bit. But no, I do. It's been it's been wonderful yeah, working it's here. Been a blessing. So we're we're excited to have you here. You know, this I tell you, um, I don't know about you, Matthew, but uh, finding gas has been a little difficult. I had about fifty miles left in my truck and went out this morning. Two gas stations were completely sold out, wow. and then did find another one in Aiken that that did have it. But uh, pretty unique time. Yeah, very unique. And, you know, we, we saw this a couple of years ago, um, but yeah, it is, it's very strange, very unique times. I think in a couple of days that it'll pass. So I, I would, we would recommend people not panic mm -hmm. kind of like they did with the toilet paper you know, back during That's the right. pandemic. So, um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess, um, you know, a PSA, a public service announcement for bike riding. Matthew's a big bike rider, and uh, what would you recommend to the, to the folks to listening? The, to the audience, yeah. yeah. So I actually... Uh, brought this up i uh, got in a bike accident last night and uh yes single, I, single bike accident. single bike accident okay. i was uh driving and just lost control and i was wearing a helmet for for you moms out there i was being wise in that capacity but yeah just wearing a helmet and and not trying to uh go too fast is always a good rule of thumb so anyways <laughs> enjoy the greenways but also yes. be very mindful that pavement uh and skin do not uh mix very well so <laughs> yeah i think the takeaway is to wear a helmet right that's right that's, that's very right. important so uh well listen we we have a great show lined up today. Um, we've got uh, some good topics and um, kind of hit the Ramsey folks a little bit on this, right? We both got both articles from the Ramsey group. They have some really good um, you know, information to share and so forth. And so the first one is, um, you know, can you retire on a million dollars? Right. That's a question a lot of people ask and, um, it's a, it's a goal and, um, you know, it depends on the situation. We'll go into the details, but I will tell you that, uh, we do have folks that we work with that, that have a million and, and more, and we have some folks that have less and, you know, the, um, uh, we see the happiness, not as a result necessarily mm. of the amount of money. It's really budgeting and planning associated with it that gives you some peace of mind. So we'll dive into that uh, in, here in a couple of minutes. That's right. We also have another article. Um, so looking at retirement, we also have, um, this one is called College Versus Your Retirement. And uh, so we're basically saying, okay, if you want to save for college um, for your kids, how do you mix that with saving for retirement also? How do you combine those? How do you not forego one and only do the other? What does that look like? Uh, for for you, yeah, we do see people getting that out of order sometimes, and um, we'll we'll go into some detail. Really good good discussion on that. And uh, by the way, I'm John Travis. I, I am a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. And my name is Matthew Travis, and I'm a certified financial planner, and I'm also an advisor here at the firm. Yeah, we're glad you joined us this morning. We have a uh, we have a great website. If you've never checked it out, go go look at it. It's MoneyMD.net. 
We have a link to all the podcasts we've done over the last, uh, gosh, seven or eight years. And uh, we also have a lot of tools, retirement planning tools. Uh, we have some college information out there. And we also have a prescription uh, of the week that we post on our Facebook page, MoneyMD. So uh, go check it out. And uh, glad you're, you're here with us this, uh, today. And um, we're going to start off with the financial fact of the week. And uh, this comes from the Tax Policy Center. And Matthew, it looks like there's going to be some, some changes um, coming up positive if you have kids. So in July, about 90% of the estimated 50 million households in the United States that do have children under the age of 18, they're going to qualify um, based on the income um, for the expanded child tax, tax credit per the American Rescue Plan uh, that was, um, you know, it's going to begin July the 1st. And so this will actually pay out um, $300 per month per child under the age of six and $250 per month per child uh, between the ages of six and 17. So uh, these additional amounts may be available for full-time college students older than than uh, age 18 as well. So uh, some additional stimulus. I mean, the markets are doing well right now because there's a lot of money flowing in um, to the economy, and this is just going to be another way um, that people are going to have additional money, and they're probably going to go spend it. Yeah, and there's still some up in the airs as far as the timing of this. If they start the first, the IRS is is having to work through this and this complexity of who gets this and how far in advance do they get it. Um, so really, the key takeaway is working with the CPA professional, a tax expert, someone who can really help you plan through this. Um, this really this massive increase for the the child tax credit. So. Yeah. And I would say if you get this, I mean, this may be a really cool opportunity to set some aside, whether it's an emergency fund, you know, paying off debt, maybe uh, saving for the kid's college. So there's, there's some right. different options. So use it wisely. Be very intentional with that money, extra money coming in. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to start off with our first article. This is, uh, again, from the Ramsey organization is, you know, can you retire on a million dollars? And Matthew, they have a pretty interesting stat here. Um, you know, it would, it, a million dollars in dollar bills would actually weigh a ton which is 2,000 oh pounds, gosh. and it would take you 12 days to count it all. In dollar bills? In dollar bills. So, <laughs> yeah, it would probably, I don't know how many hours per day they were looking at, but uh, that's a lot of money. And um, so really for a long time, that million-dollar nest egg uh, was a measure of retirement planning success, and it was considered enough to enjoy a dream retirement and uh, leaving an impressive legacy. So here's a million-dollar question. Is you know, an actual ton of money really enough to get you comfortable through the golden years. And that question is different for every single person. Um, so we're going to go into some detail here. So a million dollars is is a great, you know, amount to have. Um, the research shows that Americans close to retirement age spend about 66000 annually on, on food, housing, clothing, transportation, and uh, other lifestyle expenses, uh, including healthcare. So how much will these folks uh, need to save in order to cover those costs without income from work or Social Security? It's basically um, uh, a million dollars would provide that for about 15 years before their money ran out. Now, that assumes that um, you have no return on that and uh, no inflation and also no Social Security. So um, 15 years is how long a million dollars would last to cover um, you know, most of the expenses associated with folks. So there's other income sources for most people, but um, to, to the short answer is a million dollars is a good number for most people. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and you may be saying, well, John, that's great, but I'm nowhere near that million dollars. And if you're facing retirement soon and your nest egg is coming up a little short, uh, really the encouragement is to not give up. You still have options. There's ways to cut your expenses and make smaller amount 
uh, of savings work without giving up your home or, uh, you know, you could even move overseas. There's just a lot of different options that you can have uh, if you're falling short of that million dollars. Yeah. One of the goals that we have for our clients is to be debt-free going into retirement. So a lot of times if someone comes to us and say, Hey, I'm ready to retire and there's still a mortgage, um, we'll help them pay it off, um, using the, the available funds and we'll use it, do it in a tax efficient manner. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, more than half of homeowners between 55 and 64, they still have a mortgage. Uh, the average monthly mortgage payment is around a thousand dollars and that's about a 12, 12 grand a year. So, you know, that's not even talking about maintenance, home repairs, and some other housing costs. But if you can have that gone, um, the money that you have saved up is going to, you know, go further because you don't have that fixed cost. So paying off your mortgage before retirement certainly can be a game changer, and uh, it can really reduce the amount that you need to pull out of your your retirement investments. That's right. Yeah. And so the the big question is, how much do you need to retire? This is not a universal answer. There's not one number uh, fits every person. Um, you know, the first step is to figure out what your number is. Uh, the next step is to figure out how much you'll need in your nest egg to provide an annual income um, for you every year for you, the remaining of your uh, retirement uh, career. And so one thing we really view as important in our firm is understanding a distribution strategy. It's not just saying, hey, we need you know this amount per month. Let's just randomly pull it out. It's really saying, okay, we have these mutual funds that we can pull from. This one has done better this month than this one. So we're going to pull out of that one for the income for that month. So really having a distribution strategy, understanding how much you need, and then really planning in advance and saying, okay, if we need this much per month in retirement, how much do we need to save per month to get to that number when we do retire? Yeah. And as you mentioned, I mean, this is a very, you know, individual answer. I mean, it's different for everybody. You know, how long, um, how much time do you have before you stop working? Um, what's your life expectancy? We, 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 we got to age 95. Some people say, Hey, you know, use 85 or 90, uh, tax situation. So it's really up to you to define your retirement dream. And, you know, a dream without a plan is just a wish. So, you, you know, the creating that plan, whether you have, you know, 300,000 or 3 million is important because, I mean, we have clients that, that have $300,000 and they're the happiest people in the world. I mean, because they have a plan and they're, you know, living on a budget and they're just, you know, they're just fun and they, they're not stressed about what they're spending and so forth. So, but we are going to dig into some important factors that affect your retirement expenses. And one of them is a lot of times people say they want to travel. And, uh, you know, many Americans who are approaching retirement, um, you know, they're, they dream about seeing the world and making time for hobbies and uh, relaxation. And uh, right now, Americans age 55 and older only spend about 3300 on entertainment each year on average. So, you know, if you're looking to, to spend, you know, that in retirement, you're going to have to go to Paris, Texas, not Paris, France. Uh, okay. That 3300 is not going to go, <laughs> sure. you know, that far. I mean, going out, you spend that on uh, probably air, airline tickets to get to uh, France. Yeah, it is very expensive to go out there. That's right. Another one is looking at taxes. Uncle Sam, uh, he does take his share in retirement. And income taxes have the potential to really trip you up, especially if all of your retirement savings are in tax-deferred accounts like 401ks, 403bs, traditional IRAs, etc. Uh, the money you withdraw from those accounts in retirement uh, will be subject to income taxes, just like the income you earn from your job. And this is really important to think about. Yeah, which is why we recommend and, and are big fans, as is Dave Ramsey and his organization of Roth IRAs, right, and Roth 401ks. And uh, with Roth options, you know, you're contributing um, after-tax dollars. That means that you won't owe any money 
um, when it comes to withdrawing uh, from those accounts. And that's a big deal. I mean, we're, we do tax planning and trying to figure out where to pull money from for, for clients that have some Roth money. Um, and so, but keep in mind that, you know, social security benefits, um, depending on your situation, they could be taxed as well up to 85% of the, of the total. So mm-hmm. taxes certainly impact that. Uh, another one is, is how long before you retire? So if you listen to this, you're not retired yet. Um, you know, you've, you've got some time to save. Um, uh, these numbers that we are used initially, that 66,000, uh, are based on someone planning to retire soon. But if your retirement is decades away, the number changes drastically. For for example, to cover the same sixty six thousand in expenses, twenty five years from now, you'll need more than two million dollars, hmm. and uh, that's because of inflation, right? Inflation makes a big deal, and and that's assuming that you're saving everything in in Roth four hundred one k's or Roth IRAs, which is tax free. So, don't don't let those numbers you know get you down and get you frustrated. You got to start where you are and, and make the changes. That's right. And if you're younger, I mean, if you're in your 20s or 30s or even 40s, you have plenty of time to build uh, your savings. Uh, but you do need to make it a priority. You know, one thing we often encourage is, you know, making sure you have the emergency fund, the baby step one, baby step three is, you know, three to six months of living expenses, getting out of debt, and then really making retirement a priority is going to be important. If you feel like you're a little late to the game, you know, don't freak out, don't hit the panic button. You still have time to increase the size of your nest egg. Yeah. So, retirement. It, yeah, yeah. so is it possible to retire um, a millionaire? It, it is. I mean, there are a lot of folks out there who think that the million dollar mark is a fairy tale. Um, you know, they think it, you have to win the lottery to, or score a massive inheritance to reach that status. I will say it takes time. I mean, you know, Dave's process. And if you look at the markets, it, it does take decades. So it doesn't happen overnight. But um, you know, the largest study of millionaires that uh, the Ramsey organization did found that 79% of them didn't inherit a dime. And on top of that, one third of the millionaires we, we um, they talked to, they never made six figures in a given year. So the truth is that uh, millionaires built their wealth by taking personal responsibility for their finances and, you know, consistently investing, not trying to time the market. Um, you know, right now there are more millionaires than there ever have been before. So, you know, if you're young listening to this, or if you know someone who's young, you know, obviously starting in your twenties and thirties is easier uh, to hit these numbers than if you started in your fifties. So certainly do that. But if you're in your fifties, um, you know, you have different options. You can work a little bit longer, um, you know, paying off your house, is a is a great goal and again we have a lot of folks that retire with less than a million dollars that are extremely um, comfortable and they are very happy and they have consistent income and um, you know it doesn't you don't have to have a million dollars to be happy hmm. I guess is the, the right. big takeaway on this that's good all righty well we're gonna um, do the uh, question of the week and this question we just came across this week as a matter of fact and um, this uh, this um, uh, lady we met with, the spouse just passed uh, away, and she inherited or she um, received about a half a million dollars in life insurance. Um, and the question is, is you know what what should I do with this? She had three kids, still had a mortgage, and um, so we talked through different options and and so forth. And and we we always lean to paying off the mortgage. Um, you know, particularly with, with three kids, it just gives the family some safety and, and security. Yeah. And what's inherent in this question is, you know, they had life insurance. Yeah, that's important. So, you know, just again, if you don't have life insurance, especially if you have kids, um, please go out and consider getting a term insur- term life insurance policy. It's v- pretty inexpensive for most people. And it just provides, I mean, it really honestly... It takes these uh, this high emotional stress of losing 
a loved one. And yes, it's still going to be there, but then there's not this financial stress on top of it. So it just provides for your family. So yes, that's a great question of the week. Yeah. All right. So we're going to switch gears and uh, go to another Ramsey uh, discussion, and that is college. Should you fund college before your retirement? And we, we had this discussion with people, and, and it, it is confusing, and there's a lot of emotions involved in this. Um, but certainly a good good topic to cover. That's right. And so I'm not a parent, but you know, if if you are a parent, you know, I've heard that you you <laughs> sign up for uh, just a lot of different questions and a lot of different decisions that you're going to be leading your children on over decades. Um, you know, will both parents work outside the home when you have kids? Will uh, when will you start potty training? When will you your child go to school? When can they date? When what is their curfew? Uh, what you know, and with every choice you make, you agonize about whether you've made the right decision. It's exhausting. I don't it, know if it, you it is can, it, can relate to that. Oh goodness, yeah, all the decisions. I mean, you're, you're doing everything in the best interest of of the child, obviously, and and uh, yeah. So there's there's a lot of decisions there, and it's different for every family sometimes. But um, yeah, you do feel the weight of it. And and so one of those decisions is you know should we pay for college? And this is a really big decision. You know, you don't want your child to be entitled. You don't want them to also have a lot of student loans. So kind of balancing this is something we're going to talk about today in this article. Yeah. So one of the the questions that I think people have in their minds is, is, hey, I'm obligated to do this. And and so the Ramsey organization, and, and I agree with them, is, you know, footing the bill for your kid's education, it's not an obligation. So don't let any any pressure from neighbors, coworkers, you know, online ads make you feel guilty because you're not willing to pay for juniors, you know, uh, going to private school or, you know, going to um, to the coast to study maritime history. So, you know, we, we are all believers that education is critical and uh, today's job market proves that. However, the goal isn't just a piece of paper. I mean, you want your children to be productive and responsible adults and paying for college doesn't guarantee either of those outcomes. So with the social pressure off you're back. You're free to decide whether paying for your kid's college is the right move for you and your family. And before you do, you got to think through some of the factors. Um, you know, just because there's money in the bank doesn't mean you need to use it um, to pay for school. So a very emotional issue. Yeah. And a, a really big question. And honestly, you know, just asking questions, this one word, why, can answer just a lot of questions. It, it leads to a lot of more questions and deeper uh, answers. But before you write the tuition check, just thinking through why you want to pay for your kid's college. Maybe you know the power of education and want to give that gift to your kids. Maybe you feel pressured, like you just mentioned, because other parents are doing it. Maybe you want to give your kids a better start than you had. Or uh, maybe your oldest child uh, wants to carry on the family business. You know, your motives matter. Why you want to do this matters, especially when it comes to paying for college. You know, do a gut check. You know, check yourself and ask the question to make sure your intentions are really good. Yeah, that's good. And another item here on the list um, about, you know, making this decision is, is understanding what your spouse thinks about this. I mean, if you're married, you've got to talk with your spouse and come to an agreement about what you will or won't provide for your kids college. And, uh, you know, you come from more than likely two different backgrounds with different experiences that shape your opinions about paying for college. Um, just like, you know, you, you work on a monthly budget as a team, you're going to need to be on the same page, uh, when deciding on how much to help your kids through the collegiate years. And I'll, I'll say that one of the important steps that we, we talk with folks at, uh, you know, when you have, um, impressionable, uh, when your kids are still impressionable. So when they, 
when they get to be, you know, 16 years old, you've, you've kind of lost them a little bit for a couple of years. But, you know, when they're 10, 11, 12, start talking to them about um, the um, college and, and talking to them about ways to save money. And you don't have to go to Clemson, Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech to be successful. There are ways to um, to get through the college degree without um, you know, getting debt. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but having those conversations, not only with your spouse, but also starting to include your kids. Yeah. And there's different options, you know, in high school, you can take, uh, uh, dual enrollment, you can take AP courses yeah. in college, you can take college level examination prep clep, uh, a lot of different options for, for staying out of debt. But, you know, a, a big question again, you know, aligning with your spouse is, can I pay for college without jeopardizing our future or my future? If you're single, um, can you afford to help your kids or are you going to struggle to pay the bills? Well, helping your child make your financial situation worse, will it affect your retirement picture? If the answer is yes, then it probably, uh, which is probably is because, uh, you know, if you're going to have to withdraw from retirement accounts to do this, it's not, it's not a good answer. Yeah. Um, more than likely, I mean, it's putting pressure on other areas that are not designed to, to have that pressure. So we really don't want to sacrifice retirement savings so your kids can go to college. There's no guarantee they'll graduate, uh, but we pretty much can guarantee at some point you're going to want to retire. So that is something we really don't want to um, forego, you know, in light of just providing for kids college. Yeah. So another question you have to ask, and this again is personal based on the the child is, is college the best option? And uh, in all honesty, some people um, you know, probably shouldn't go to a university system right. um, and what it requires academically or socially. And that, that's not a bad thing. We're all made different. Uh, it just means that your budding adult may forge a different path that doesn't take them through the halls of a, of a you know, a, a university system. And certainly the military is a great career choice for some folks. I mean, they, that's fantastic. A lot of discipline, a lot of knowledge. They'll uh, you know, pay for college in the future um, if, you, if you go on the right track. So, you know, other, others thrive by going to a hands-on trade school and uh, maybe developing a specialized school, uh, skill. So your kids need to, to pursue a career that works for them, not what you dream about. And that's really important. That's and um, there's no sense in forking over money for education that isn't suited to your kids' uh, gifts and interests. And I'll say on our website, we have a, uh, a tool out there that, that shows um, the by major what the average salary is. It also shows... The number of people that have a grad degree, which is important because if you get an undergrad degree and you can't find a job, you have to go get a grad degree, right? right? So you need to understand that as you're starting to look at um, majors for your for your child. So go to our website, moneymd.net, to take a look at that. Um, another question is, is, is it the right time for my child to go to college? You know, not every uh, graduating high school senior needs to go straight to college in the fall like it happens in the movies. You know, sometimes a year or two in the working world can give the adult child, you know, some time to decide what they want to study. It can also teach them responsibility and accountability. Um, and those are a couple of traits that are really critical for success in college. And, you know, they'll also learn the value of money after working hard for it. So, you know, your kid's the best. So you got to ask that question is, what would be the best for my child right now? And uh, talk to them about it. Make a plan. Uh, it is worth noting that there are some scholarships that are, are limited um, to only a, you know, a timetable after high school graduation, so you have to understand that piece of it. 
But I think this is a great idea. I mean, you know, forcing someone to go to college, maybe they're not, um, you know, mature enough uh, to go through. I will say, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put it out there. My first semester in college, I, I did not do very well, but I, I did find my wife. Mm. <laughs> so you did pretty well. I did okay. I did okay. But it did take me a, a semester to get adjusted, and I did stay home. I went to USC Aiken mm. for the first two years as well. So you got to figure out what's right for that individual. Yeah, that's good. And I'm personally grateful that you found her <laughs> yes, as well. So yes, yes. Tied to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, another question, and this is uh, the, wrapping up this article, but, you know, big question is, okay, we want to pay for our kids' college, but how much? And so there's been some studies that have shown that the more money you put towards your children's college degree, the lower grades they'll actually get. It sounds backwards, but the numbers, uh, this is what they show. Some The students who do the worst academically are those whose parents paid the bill without requiring any accountability or responsibility. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster and a warning letter uh, from uh, just this, this study. Your children uh, will take college more seriously if they have some skin in the game. Um, so before you give them any money, sit down and talk with them about expectations, whether that's them working part-time or having uh, GPA expectations or you know what career they'll have afterwards and having those conversations before you, you jump in uh, can be really beneficial for for your college student as well as as well as you. Yeah, and if you if you can't pay for college, which we we do find a lot of folks, um, you know they'll they'll come in and they'll you know have a high school senior, high school junior, and you know college is knocking on the door. So so what what can you do um, to help your your child pay for college? You know, first of all, sitting down and talking about it and doing some planning. But going local, I mean, that's one one thing that we see. We have great local schools. Um, as much as they don't want to live at home, it's a way to save significant money. I mean, just bottom line. So if you want to save um, on, on debt, on your child having debt coming out of college, going local. Uh, I did that for two years. You did that for a year. Right. Um, <clears throat> it does reduce the cost significantly. I mean, when you go up to you know Carolina as an example, I think the meal plan for one semester, and you're required to be on the meal plan is is $2,000 for one semester. So that's $4,000 for a year for wow. food. Wow. And that's just a piece of the puzzle. So it is very expensive. So staying local, uh, as you mentioned, you can do um, AP classes. You can do um, uh, CLEP, mm. college-level exam prep. Um, that's Same. another thing to, to consider, that the uh, your, your child working uh, as well, have some expectations on them contributing 10% of the total, whatever the number is. But, you know, sitting down and having a plan, you know, going to your you know financial advisor and, and talking about options, if you've saved in a brokerage account or 529 plans, uh, ESAs, um, you know, you may have some additional money as well that can be uh, allocated towards the college. Yeah. And there's a really good book. Uh, it's called Debt-Free Degree yes. by Anthony O'Neill. It's part of the Ramsey organization. I'd, I'd encourage you to give that a read if you're thinking, well, student loans are inevitable. We're just going to come out with 60000 It's just what everyone does. We can't do anything else. I would encourage you to read that uh, and just really think through, man, okay, what is it, what would it look like to come out with no student loans? And what would it look like to come out with student loans and really just give that some thought before you just jump in. Yeah, that is a great book. I, I totally agree. Uh, it gives you a lot of nuggets in there on things to do, things not to do. Um, some of that we've discussed on the, on the show today. So, um, so the bottom line is, is, you know, when you look at Dave's program and process, the retirement is baby step four, college is baby step five. So mm-hmm. baby step four comes before college. Uh, yeah. You got it. You got to make sure you have your retirement where you need it. And then you can go focus on the, um, on the college. That's piece. Right. 
Alrighty, so we're going to um, wrap up here with the prescription of the week, and um, this is kind of more of a, a softer type um, discussion here, but, uh, you know, when you start looking at your financial goals, um, you know, sometimes when you start looking out, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, it can become discouraging, and we often live our lives like we're running out of time, but, you know, the reality is, is we can be wise with our money, and um, whether we have a little or a lot, so... So today, you know, content is um, is the word of the day. Try to be content in your situation. Um, you know, we work with folks every single day. They they have life events, and it can be stressful. Um, you need to get some guidance on that. We, we're happy to help you. Obviously, the Ramsey organization also has good resources. But try to enjoy, you know, today with what, you know, you've been blessed with. And um, just, you know, a simple life is hard to achieve these days. But um, being content where you are is a, is important. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, so that's um, that's it for us. Uh, that's our show today. If you have questions, you can certainly reach out to us at uh, info at moneymd.net, or you can call us here in the office at 706-739-0725. Hope you all have a great weekend. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 